How's everybody doing tonight? You guys need some more energy. I'm going to help you guys out, all right? So do me a favor, okay? Stand up if you brought somebody that hasn't been here new or a long time. Stand up if you brought somebody, all right? It's awesome. That's what's up. Okay. All right, now sit down if it's more than one person. Wait, just kidding. I can't add. Hey, guys. What's up? All right, now sit, sit down if you brought two or more. So anybody bring more than two? Diamond, did you bring more than two? How many did you bring? Oh, she, okay. All right, who else? There's a couple other people that brought two. Where are you at? Where's Brianna at? Brianna, you brought two, right? You're right there? Brianna, come on up here. Yep, come on up here. I got, trust me, you'll want to come up here. I got a gift for you. You're going to like it. Just take your time. Tell everybody your name. Brianna. Because I said that. Brianna goes to Durant. Where's Durant at? All right, Brianna, because you brought the most people tonight, you get a $25 gift card. All right, see, was that bad? Awesome. Thank you, Brianna. Hey, guys, bring your peeps. Bring your friends. The more your friends know about Jesus, the more your time in heaven is going to be more awesome, all right? Cool. Okay, hey, guys, let's pray real quick before I get into this, all right? You guys back over there, you guys are loud. Let's quiet down. We're going to pray, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for tonight, God. I thank you that you brought all the students out here. Lord, I just um, I pray tonight, Lord, that... Uh, that what I say does not fall on, on deaf ears, God, that we'll listen, God, that we won't be distracted by people around us, Lord, that, that the seeds that are thrown out tonight, God, fall on good ground, Lord, and there produces a lot of fruit, God, so that we can understand more and more about you and more, about, more and more about your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, got to ask you guys a question, okay? How many of you guys know fickle people? Raise your hand. Just know people that are pretty fickle. You guys know finicky? How about finicky? You guys don't know what fickle is? Okay, let me explain to you. All right, what fickle is, okay? Let's just say one minute that they're like hardcore vegetarian. They're like meat's bad. Bad, bad, bad meat. And then randomly you're at the fair and two weeks later you see them just mowing on a turkey leg. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah? So you know some people like that? All right, so how about this one? Here's an even better one, Okay. You've got, you've got this one guy that's just a total country boy, all country music. Any country music people out there tonight? Awesome. Okay. All right, now check this out. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. All right. So country boys, diehard country. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, you see him in a man bun, bun some bling. He's gone brother rogue hipster on you, and all he listens to now is hip-hop. You guys know people like that? Some of you guys are like reluctant. All right. So what we would say is, what we would say is fickle. The Bible would say as not rooted. You guys with me? Say yes to the person to your left. Say yes to the person to your left. You guys got to get with me tonight, man. Come on. Look to the person to your left and say yes. I'm going to keep you guys here till midnight tonight, all right? All right. There we go. Some more energy. Otherwise, I'll just have to stop and pray. All right, I got to tell you guys a, a tree story. So my wife, my wife absolutely loves trees. We like gardening together. This is not relevant to you, but I promise I will make it relevant to you. Pull up that picture of a pumeria tree. 
All right, this is a plumeria tree. All right, it makes me very happy inside because I want to sit down in a chair, maybe listen to some Bob Marley, hashtag what up, love you, Bob. Maybe have a little virgin pina colada, you know, with the little umbrella, little umbrellas, you know? You know what I'm talking about, little umbrellas? Just have a good time. Okay, that's what the, the in my opinion, that's what the purpose is of this plumeria tree. Right? Okay, so a little event happened uh, about close to last year this time, small, minor event called Hurricane Irma. Anybody remember that? I don't. Yeah. Hurricane, small event. No, nobody knew about it. It wasn't on national television or anything. So, so when we were driving home after being evacuated, because uh, we live in Apollo Beach and it's a flood zone, newsflash, we didn't know that until we moved there. Uh, <laughs> Irma. So, so when we were uh, driving up, we were like just scared that our house is just destroyed. We really don't know what we're going into. And uh, fortunately for us, this was the only thing that was really damaged. We walk in and our awesome Bob Marley plumeria tree was completely just flipped over. It was unrooted. So we just, we YouTube, we were a little sad. I was sad. Uh, we YouTube how to fix it. It was very easy. You just sit it right back up and you maybe, and you plant it, put some dirt around it a little bit more, and then you tie something to support it, tie a little base around it. It was all good. We thought we were good. But then this little event happened again in January. You guys remember when it got icy cold outside? Yeah, it was 27 degrees. I got to tell you what your bonehead student pastor did that night when it was 27 degrees. You ready for this? Forgot to turn off the sprinklers. Yeah. Plumeria tree got a little icy, if you know what I'm talking about. So after that, it was rough for Mr. Plumeria tree. And then it just became a wounded vessel, and all these ants started attacking it everywhere. And now, rest in peace, you can look at our Plumeria tree. Pull that picture up, Russell. If you look at the top right, there's hope, we think, but we doubt it, honestly, at this point. So, so I want to read this scripture to you about being rooted, because the root cause here, literally the root cause with our plumeria tree, is its roots did not grow deeper, did not go deeper. Check out this scripture that Paul writes to the church of uh, Ephesus. This is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13. Pull that up. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven on earth. I pray from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep his love is. So what the scripture is saying, to sum it up, you've got to be rooted further, further in God's love, and then you'll be able to really understand fully how big God is and how much God really loves you. I need to tell you something a little bit about the scripture, a little bit of context. Does anybody know what context is? Okay, let, me give you a, let me give you an example. So the context of this, this was a, a letter 
okay, that was written from Paul to the church of Ephesus, okay? And um, so the New Testament is, is what we mostly do our teaching on now. Actually, we do the whole Bible, but, but the New Testament is when Jesus comes. And the first four Bibles, or excuse me, chapters, I don't know why I just said Bibles. The first four uh, books, there we go. I got it right the third time. Give me a hand, everybody. Books. Just, you guys are with me now, so I got to step up my game. Uh, so the first four books are Gospels, but after that, everything else are letters or epistles is what they use. So if I was writing a letter to you, or to maybe somebody from a different country, they wouldn't understand because I'm here in this country. So let me give you an example, okay? All right, so I'm, I'm really, I'm be a little braggadocious here. Uh, you guys know what braggadocious means? It means a little bit braggy, okay? So I'm be braggy, I'm really excited. Miss Abby and I tomorrow, manana, are actually going to Europe. I'm taking her to Europe for the very first time. I'm really, really excited about it, all right? It's going to be awesome, okay? But, but, but while I'm in Europe, I'm taking her to Germany, all right? So if I was, if I was, uh, anybody, Sprechen Sie Deutsch, anybody speak German at all? Any German people out there? Oh, boy. I, I didn't know why I just went there. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything in German. Not, not, sorry. All right, so, okay, so let me explain this to you. So if I wrote you a letter from Germany about all the things about Germany, and you never went there, you would never understand the context of what my letter really means. You guys with me? Does that make sense? Okay, so let me explain to you the context of, of, of Ephesus, the background or the culture of Ephesus. So, so my, dad, uh, my dad's a pastor over in Orlando, and he had the opportunity to travel to Turkey, uh, which is where modern-day uh, Ephesus is now, and I, I called him up. I was like, hey, Pops, I need you to send me some culture backgrounds of what Ephesus is. And I got it, and I'm going to go through it. But i got to tell you guys something. When I went through it, I was shocked how exactly similar it is to our culture today. All right, so I'm going to read a couple of these to you real quick. But the first one is the name Ephesus is Greek for desirable, which is where we get the word lust. You guys... Everywhere you guys look, on YouTube, on, on social media, on the television, it's all about the marketing teams and these businesses feeding you to get you to desire something. Desire is rampant through our culture. All right, a couple other things about them too. Uh, Ephesus was the epicenter for false worship. So there was multiple different religions that were out of there, multiple different gods and deities that they worshiped there. They worshiped Julius Caesar there, and they also worshiped several other, by other different temples. Let me tell you something about America. There right now, currently in America, is 313 different religions that are practiced every single year. 251 of them are actually non-Judeo-Christian. So we are a Judeo-Christian faith. We're non-domination. 251 of them have nothing to do with God or Jesus. Exactly similar to what is America today. All right, another thing too. Uh, um, Ephesus was the leading area for athletics. So all the, um, uh, for the Olympics, all the major athletics trained and came out of Ephesus. That's the exact same here in America, $67 billion annually is in revenue for our sports industry. We're the largest in the world. Ephesus was too, exact same thing. Okay, here's one that's a little bit 
uh, uh, different, uh, spice things up a little bit. The prostitution and pornography industry came out of Ephesus. Prostitution and slavery um, was rampant there. So, so here's, here's a, little bit, uh, a little bit deeper with it, okay? 25% of the Roman uh, um, people were all actually slaves. And most of those slaves were actually used for prostitution. So I did a little bit of research on what prostitution means to us. Did you know here in Tampa alone, $2.5 billion a year are spent, is spent on prostitution? Yeah, that's sick. $100 billion a year is spent in the porn industry alone in America. You guys, there's so much, there's so much similarities. Here's the last thing, and this one is really going to get you. They practiced infant exposure. Yeah, let me tell you what they did with uh, infants, okay? So uh, in Ephesus, in the Roman Empire at that time, okay, if you, were, uh, if you were born as a baby boy and you did not come from a predominantly athletic family, and because you weren't a girl, because girls were only useful in Ephesus, in the Ephesus area for prostitution, you would then be cast out at night. The very first night you were born, your father would take you and either put you out on the street or put you to the city dump. That's infant exposure. And that was rampant all the way over through Ephesus. But I got to tell you guys something, okay? We do the exact same thing here in America. I'm not trying to get political with you. Political with you. I'm not trying to expose anything or hurt anybody. I just am trying to just tell you the truth here, okay? 658 million babies were aborted in 2014. 56 million were put up for adoption. We do the exact same thing here. Let me tell you something that's really even more interesting. The Christians at that time, they would go out at night and they would rescue the babies that were being exposed. They would take them out. They would take them in and they would adopt them. Look at this very first scripture right here that Paul says in his opening letter to Ephesians. He says this. He says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now, do you understand the context of this letter and this language a little bit better? This is who we're dealing with. This is who Paul is writing with. You see, the, the, what happened with them rescuing these babies and all the good works that Christian people did, taking care of the poor, feeding the poor, healing the sick, casting out demons, changing the world they lived in, saving all these babies from exposure, it rocked the Roman world. It shook it to pieces. And the church here in Ephesus blew up immensely. So many members came. It changed the area. But let me tell you something. It happened really, really, really fast. Because the world there is just so, so, so broken. Guys, could you imagine what would happen if Christians here today did the exact same thing in America, what it would do? Exact same thing would happen to us. We would blow up. We would explode. There would be a revival in this country. Things would be different. Things wouldn't be so broken. So when Paul says this to them, check this out. I'll reread this, okay? Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him, so your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And that you may have the power to understand all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep his love is. 
You see, they were new Christians. They didn't have a foundation at all. All they knew is that these people came, they told me about Jesus, and my life is completely different. Now what do I do next? So we as a student team, I gotta be honest with you, we really, we, we had this on the books to do this uh, for this month, to, to, to go over Rooted. And after going out of In My Feelings, who was here last month for In My Feelings? Raise your hand. Wasn't that hot? All right, that was the most craziest thing I ever did, okay? And I'm sure Pastor Trent could probably say that too, that it was pretty crazy doing that In My Feelings challenge that we had. We were really struggling with coming out of a, a series that captured your attention like that and going into something series like this that required you, you to listen to us immensely and us teach deeply. But through lots of prayer and lots of us kind of going back and forth and trying to figure out what our ideas are, God led us to this. And God, I got to tell you something. You guys are here for a reason. God wants you to hear this message. God wants you to be here for this month of September because God wants your roots to grow deeper, your foundation in your walk of Christianity and what you signed up for to grow deeper so you could really understand it and so you can really understand how big and how awesome God is and how much he loves you. Amen? Look to the person on your left and say, man, Shirley's on fire. Man, you guys are making me feel better. Thank you, guys. All right, so the very first one we did that we're going to talk about is worship. I got to tell you guys about worship. I'm, I'm so passionate about it, all right? We want your roots to grow deeper in worship, and I want to explain to you what worship really, really means and what it means to me and how it's changed my life, okay? So the very first thing, I want to pull up that definition right there. Let's ex- the, this is the, um, the, the Webster Dictionary's definition of wor- worship and what it means. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. I'm going to say that one more time. Worship is to honor with extravagant love, which we think is easy, and then extreme submission, which where it gets really hard. That is what worship is in our language today. So why, Pastor Jeremy, why are you going to do worship first? Why did you choose that first? Well, Let me tell you, okay, worship, in my opinion, is a first step. And here's the big idea. Here's what I want you to walk away with tonight. If there's anything that you learn, I want you to learn this about worship. Pull up that big idea. Our first step in growing stronger is worshiping God in truth. Our first step in growing stronger is worshiping God in truth. So basically, for our roots to grow deeper, we need to learn how to worship God truthfully. So I've got three examples for you, but I want you, so, so for you guys to understand what worship is, I think we kind of need to break down what worship does. Because our culture, we, today we want to, well, what's in it for me? Well, let me explain it to you first, and then we'll go into more of the definition of truth. The very first thing that worship does is worship allows us to have a fighting chance. So uh, I remember when I was in middle school, I had this buddy that was right down the street. His name was Jeff. And uh, Jeff had these boxing gloves, these adult-sized boxing gloves. Now, understand, I was like 12 years old at this time. Okay, so my hands couldn't fit into an adult-sized boxing gloves. They were huge on me. They were really fluffy, too. You really couldn't do much damage with anybody at all. Uh, so, so Jeff uh, was cocky, so he decided to challenge me into a boxing match. Yeah, I got really pumped about it. I was really excited about it. I went and watched all six Rocky movies because that's the best 
boxing training anybody can do. Listen, I'll, I'll be honest even more, okay? I plugged in a little headphones. I went running down the street to the Rocky theme song to make myself feel super strong, okay, and go really, really faster. Okay, a quarter mile later, I was done, which was great. Awesome, amazing workout. 12 years old, was doing it. I even got some lessons from my dad. Just kidding, I didn't even tell him about this. So the time came, the day come, the night before I didn't sleep at all because I was really excited about it. So go to Jeff's house. He brings out the boxing gloves and he says, hey, a little change of plans, okay? Um, my pair of boxing gloves, the one I've been using, they ripped. I don't think he even had them at all. He's like, so you're going to use the gloves, these really big gloves. Pull a picture of those gloves up right here, okay? Little 12-year-old hands and these big ones, okay? And then I'm going to use these karate gloves because it's all I have. Pull a picture of that. I was fighting with pillows, and he was fighting with those. I got to be honest with you, okay? Before this sissy pulled this card, I thought I was going to whoop his ass. God bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You guys thought I was going to do it. You guys are like, is he going to, hey, and no, man. All right, so I I thought I was going to absolutely whoop him, but I didn't, okay? And Jeff uh, destroyed me, and I've been bitter about it ever since, okay? But let me tell you something what happened in this boxing match, okay? It wasn't a level playing field. No matter what I did, I didn't have a fighting chance. Guys, when you worship God in truth, you get a fighting chance. Paul says this. Paul says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers of darkness. So when we worship God truthfully in our heart, the enemy is reminded what and where his place is in our life, which is nowhere. Let me back this up even more. So King Saul, he was rejected by God as king. Ironically, he sends for a harp guy to come sing and worship. Just so ironically, it happens to be David. David comes and David's worshiping because Saul is tormented by an evil spirit. He doesn't have a fighting chance. And let me tell you what happens when David starts worshiping God. The spirit leaves Saul. It gives us a fighting chance. All right, the second thing that worship does is worship allows us to remember. So Noah, uh, Noah after the flood, um, God, uh, does, everybody, does anybody know what God sent Noah in return of the flood? Do you remember what the, the prize was or the remembrance was? It was a, anybody want to guess? It was a rainbow. Okay, nobody was guessing. Okay, God sent a rainbow. Uh, and and, and um, so in that, there's a scripture you can, um, you actually, we don't have that scripture, so I'm just going to read it to you. God says this in Genesis chapter 9 to, to, to Noah. He goes, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds as a sign of the covenant with you and all the earth. The reason God placed that rainbow in the cloud was so we would remember God's promise. Does anybody want to take a wild guess what Noah was doing prior to God saying that? He was worshiping. You see, I think that's actually why a lot of us come here tonight. We actually really don't know how to fully worship. Okay, some of us um, just like sing the song and we kind of get moved by it, okay? Some of us go crazy, we kind of raise our hands. Some of us really don't know what to make of it yet. But, but it kind of, I think we all can agree when we hear a song about Jesus and the Holy Spirit's moving, I think we can all can say, 
man, I'm just moved right now. There's something about me that's shifting, something that's changing. Let me tell you exactly what it is. You're remembering what God has done for you in your life so far. You're remembering what Jesus has done for you specifically. You're remembering what your, maybe your past was like. Or maybe you're even remembering what your life would be like without him. Worship makes us remember. The last thing that worship does is this. This one is probably the deepest and the one that we're going to have the hardest time with. Worship allows us to connect without performance. It's the biggest misconception is that we have to perform. Let me read this uh, scripture for you right here. Um, we don't have it up, so I'm just going to read it. It's Luke uh, chapter 10. This is 38. So Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha. Martha, Jesus said it two times, better listen up. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not be taken from her. Do you guys understand what Mary was doing? Mary was engaged with Jesus. Mary was at her feet listening to him. Mary was worshiping Jesus. And he says it right there that only one thing is needed. You see, I think many of us kind of focus that it's about outward performance. You see, I think, I think actually a couple of us can say this to ourselves. We've done this probably before. Uh, I got to read this much Bible or this much scripture. I got to read this verse or if not, I'm going to go to hell. Let me tweak it up just a little bit more, okay? Oh, I have to come here and I have to be nice to people in front of their face. I've been guilty. Both those things. I have to come here and pretend I'm a Christian, but really inside, I'm not living it at all. Outside, I think I know what to do, but inside, I am a mess. Guys, it's because we're thinking about performance. The number one misconception that people have, in my opinion, about God, apart from not thinking that God loves them, the second misconception is this, is that God is about changing our behavior. He's not. He's about changing your heart. I struggled with this for so many years. And I kept on going back to square one. I kept on falling back to where I started because I thought my relationship with God was fully dependent upon performance when all God wants you to do is sit at his feet. Truthfully. 
and just say, you know what, God, I'm really messed up. I have all these emotions right now. I've got way too much anxiety. And God's like, no, 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 I just want you to just, I just want you to seek me. I just want you to be, I want you to sit at my feet. I just want you to be. I don't want you to do, 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 do. Guys, the world is all do, 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 do. You see, God, um, God actually told Samuel when he was looking for David, he said this. He said, man looks at the outside appearance while God looks at the heart. Jesus says this. Jesus says there is coming a time those who will worship the Father with spirit and truth. Two days before Jesus died, his disciples were camping out of the city in Jerusalem in a town called Bethany. Jesus was at somebody's house, a leper named Simon, who had just healed recently. Mary, a different Mary, came in with this very expensive bottle of perfume. Now, mind you, this is two, bit, two days before Jesus died. She breaks the bottle of perfume and she starts anointing him. So she breaks it and she basically is, is she's, she knows because Jesus told them that he is going to die. So she basically preemptively anoints his body for burial. And the audience that was around Jesus completely flipped out and they all said, this is a year's worth of salary. Let me break this down for you, okay? So the average salary income for anybody in America today right now, actually here specifically in Florida, is $40,000 a year. But in the Roman world, the taxation rate was 80%. So if you do the math correctly, this bottle of cologne, in theory today, would cost $320,000. So the audience that Jesus was with completely flipped out and said, this is way too much money. It's a year's worth of wages. And they even, they even go this far. They even say, how much would this pay for the poor? You guys ever been around people that just over-religious size everything? I just made up that word religious size, by the way. I'm pretty sure I just made that up. They over-religious-sized worship or giving. And they're like, oh, that doesn't belong to God. That belongs to the poor. So in theory, what they were saying to Jesus was, Jesus, I got to be honest with you, pal. Uh, You're not worth that much. So Jesus says this in Mark 14. Pull this up. He says, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you'll not always have me. Mind you, the people that were with Jesus at that time were the disciples, and one of them in particular was Judas. Judas who betrayed him. So Judas is seeing all of this. He's seeing all of that happen. He's seeing how much money just went to waste for Jesus And he says this, this is what the scripture says. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange and betray Jesus. I know like like there's many of us right now tonight that are just like, oh, I can't believe Judas, Judas, uh, Judas would do that to Jesus. I can't believe that he would do that. That's so, that's so wrong. And then he'd go and betray him. But I gotta, I gotta tell you guys something. We do it every day. Jesus, 
I'm putting my significant other before you. Sorry, man, you're not worth that much. Jesus, I'm putting my self-image before you. Sorry, Jesus, I'm way more important. Jesus, I'm putting the way people think about me and the perception before you. Jesus, I'm putting all my physical desires and pleasures before you. Jesus, I'm putting my future life and my career expectations way before you. Do you guys not see this? We do the exact same thing that Judas does every single day. And God messed me up for this, guys, because I sat and looked at and watched that, and I was even upset that that lady would spin that much perfume. And God was like, Jeremy, do you not see that you're being just like Judas? And he started showing me all the areas that I really was. So, Pastor Jeremy, if it's not about a song, it's not about performance, what it's about, I'm telling you guys this, it's about being truthful. Right? So Jesus says there's coming a time that you'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You see, I think many of us uh, do this, okay? So we sing that song tonight, You Make Me Brave, you know? And we're like this, we're up there, we're like, you make me brave, you make me brave. Like outward appearance, that's what we're doing, okay? But inside, what Jesus is saying, what God is saying here is to say, okay, your outside says that, but what inside your heart needs to say is, God, you make me brave. I'm crazy about you, God. You're awesome, God. You've changed my life. You've taken my fear away. You've taken my anxiety. You've rocked me to my core. You've given me a purpose. God, you make me brave. You make me brave, Jesus. And I think some of us are just so, like, just turned off and awkward about maybe just singing this song and sitting here. It's, it's, and listen, let me tell you something. It's okay if you're a little bit shy. It's okay if you don't get, like, crazy, okay? But listen, your inside heart is the thing that needs to change the most. It's not about behavior modification. It's about your heart changing. That is what worship is. So these guys come up here, these, this worship team that we have. Um, we, we focus so hard on bringing people in that don't care about just their self-image or care about what people think about them or care about glorifying themselves, we specifically look for people that just gave that example of what I just told you. And every single one of you guys, God has called every single one of you guys to be just like these guys. There's a day that has come that those will worship the Father, will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And guys, we're going to do it tonight. We're going to be truthful. I don't want you guys, I don't want you guys to feel com- like uncomfortable with maybe, ra- if, that, if you're uncomfortable raise your hands, that's fine. I, I don't care about that. I don't even care if you sing loud, okay? I just want you guys to get real with God. I want you guys to think differently about worship so that your roots will grow down deeper and that you will know how long, how wide, how deep, how awesome the love of God is. So do this. Everybody close their eyes. I'm going to do this uh, for those of you who, who probably haven't done this before. We're going to say a prayer in a minute. We're going to have an opportunity to give our life to Jesus. See, you got to give your life to Jesus first before you have something to worship about. 
So let's pray this prayer together, all of us right now. Nobody's looking. Let's pray. Everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord, you guys need to be a little bit louder, man. Dear Lord, on this day, I give you my life. Come into my heart. Save me. I declare that you are Jesus, the risen Son of God. Change my life. Amen. If you've done that for the very first time, nobody is looking. Everybody hides, eyes closed. I want to know about this. You could, you're just telling me right now. I want to know if your life's changed because it's going to give me something to worship about. On a count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. I just gave my life to Jesus for the very first time. I see you right over there. I see you guys right there. Nobody's looking. I see you guys. Keep your hand up right now. Nobody's looking. All right, I want you guys, everybody, come on forward. We're going to worship. Come on forward, but I want to do something first real quick. So, so um, everybody, come on. Okay. We're going to worship. We're going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth right now, okay? Guys, it's not about your performance. Nobody's looking, okay? It's your heart. I want you to try something different. I want you to try to worship him from your heart. We got a very easy song that we're gonna sing and I want you guys to get real. If you feel like the Lord is speaking to you right now, you need somebody to pray with you. Maybe you want to understand more about just accepting Jesus right now. I want you to find one of our leaders, find one of our pastors that are around here. We wanna pray with you. I wanna pray with you. All right, let's, let's sing this song, Pastor Caleb. Here we go. Come on, everybody sing this song.
Amen. 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 Rooted. Could you guys put the, can you keep going for me? Could y'all put the rooted slide up there for me? Rooted. Look to somebody say rooted. Turn to somebody else say rooted. Some of you turn to the same person twice. It's cheating. Rooted. First off, I want to say, you know, we're not perfect up here. Even if you're a pastor, no matter who you are, God is working in your life. I just want to say that first. And as we were praying about Rooted, during this series, we're going to go through a few things. We're going to talk about, tonight we talked about worship. Um, Next week, I'm going to talk about prayer. And then our last week, Pastor Cole will be talking about being rooted in the Word, okay? So those are our three things that we're doing. And so as I was praying for this series and praying for you guys, thinking about you guys, God began to challenge me in my life and how I'm rooted in the Lord. Is it right if I share something? Is that cool? Give me a thumbs up. That's cool. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Anybody ever been to the zoo? Anybody? Anybody not? I don't think I've been. I don't know if I've been before. I don't know if I've ever been to the zoo. I've almost taken my wife there a couple times, but it rained, didn't want to go. So when you go to the zoo, you see animals kind of in these little places. People are like sharing their zoo stories right now. They're like, oh, yesterday. You see animals, and I was, we were in one of our staff meetings, and you know, we were thinking about this message, and I've been praying about this message, praying about praying, and, and just asking God to increase my prayer life, how much I pray to Him. And God showed me a picture of a lion, and this was for me, but I'm going to share it to you guys. Show me a picture of a lion inside of a zoo, and how that lion eats the food it's given to him. And so many times, when we want to eat or receive from God, we go to the easy places. We come here, right? It's like, all right, I'm just going to sit and it's going to, I'm going to get fed. I'm just going to receive. And then God, so he showed me that picture. And then he showed me a picture of a lion in the wild. Not so easy. You see, a lion in the wild has to eat to survive. It has to be on a constant pursuit of finding food for itself and its family. I believe that God wants us to pursue him during this series rooted in a new way. Not that we just sit and go, okay, what you got for me? It's Wednesday, come on, give me something good. I wanna laugh. But we would be by ourselves, that we would be in a constant pursuit of God saying, God, I need you to survive. This world I live in, I cannot make it without you, Father. I cannot make it. I can't do it on my own. My friends can't do it for me. My family can't do it for me. But we serve a God who can. And so that's my encouragement is that you wouldn't just come in and say, all right, come on, feed me but you would take a step on your own in your room by yourself when nobody's watching, when nobody's looking, 
that you'd find yourself on the knees before God saying, Father, feed me because I'm starving without you. We need him. We can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. Can't do it without him. We're going to go back into this song really quick. I just want you to begin to ask the Lord to build up a craving inside of you for him. Come on, let's go back into it. Let's worship, guys. Amen. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for each and every student in here. Lord, I ask that we would be rooted in you. Lord, I ask that you would convict us this week of anything we need to change, of anything we need to adjust in our lives. God, I ask that we would become rooted in you, in you alone, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, we're so glad that you came out tonight. Um, here's my challenge for you tonight. Don't leave this building unless you, in, until you've met like a leader 
or somebody in this room. Don't leave. Don't, don't just run out the doors. Mingle a little bit. Have some fun. Meet some people. Um, also, we did life groups two weeks ago. We launched them. A lot of those are starting up or have started up. If you want to know more about doing life, with other people, hanging out with other people. Uh, find a leader. They'll give you info, and you can sign up. We love you guys so much. Please come out next week. Peace.